Daniel. It's good to be here. I'm excited. I feel like we have uh, today's guest has probably the best radio voice. You know, Jamie's voice voice. is 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 like the the best. It's definitely the best uh, baritone radio voice, kind of old school radio voice we've heard. I feel like microphones were built for that guy. Microphones were built for our next guest, Um, and I can tell you this because as a former voiceover talent agent. Mm. Agent, oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about Dan, that. Are you, yeah, I, I found what a an career. agency called Big Mouth Voices, mm. which is now one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the Southern Hemisphere and still Auckland-based, so there we go. Oh. I know my voice <laughs> Don't own it anymore, but um, yeah. but it was... Anyway, long story short, that's a different that's a different, different podcast. But <laughs> beautiful, I do love a good voice, Dan. Yeah. I do love a good voice, and I, I listen to people, and I often sidle on up to them, and I say, hey... Ever done a 30-second radio job? And people look at me like, what? Are you, what? Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, do you mind if I record you? (laughs) Yeah. Just say, check, check. Yeah, yeah. Check, check. Um, But also, Jamie is, uh, I think we talk about this a lot during the podcast that I've known him or of him. We didn't really know each other, but I've known who he is Mm. for a long time because he is the gig dude, man. He's put on some amazing shows in Hawke's Bay. You know, when it comes to Hawke's Bay, um, promoters of music in Hawke's Bay, Jamie McPhail, Jamie McPhail, Mm. Jamie McPhail. He's got his own mural in the common room, which is well-deserved. He's Hall of Fame in the Hawke's Bay entertainment biz, I've got to tell you. um, And you guys both work for music, uh, for uh, record companies. Yeah, we have that in common. So, you know, I have a record company background. Um, Jamie has a record company background. And, you know, I used to do a lot of tour organizing. So, And, of course, he still does that now. Um, But Jamie McPhail, everyone, is the mastermind behind the small hall sessions, which is, I think, the greatest thing to happen to Hawke's Bay's entertainment scene and certainly for Hawke's Bay's rural um, music um, appreciation scene since forever. It's one of those ideas that when he does it or did it, or I mean, he's been doing it now for years, You went, of course, like, why wasn't, you know, but the timing to fill these halls around, which New Zealand has all these amazing halls and different, these small towns, community halls. And he just came up with this idea to bring touring bands through and show uh, not only the likes of Hastings and Napier and, uh, but some of the small towns that are rural that these great artists coming through and people will travel to them just to see you know, some, some great New Zealand artists I mean, and overseas about, artists. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of great New Zealand artists, you know, you, you've got huge artists like, say, um, um, Tammy Nielsen, mm. uh, Reb Fountain, um, you know, like, and then you've got really small artists like Arahi and, mm. um, you know, it's just, I can't even, the smorgasbord of talent that Jamie has brought through Hawke's Bay is is incredible. And when you drive around, not just Hawke's Bay, but like Dan said, the, you know, um, New Zealand's small towns, there's a tiny little hall, which they're usually beautiful old buildings yep. and you wonder what they look like inside. You wonder what their history's like. I love weirdly going into the toilets to see yeah. what the, you know, if they've got funny wallpaper or what they look yeah. like, you know. I just love them. And so what Jamie's done is he's put these incredible artists into these halls, opened up the doors and allowed people to just kind of, you know, enjoy the history of these of these buildings while also appreciating great performances, um, very intimate performances. I think yeah. one of the halls, he says, can only fit like maybe 30 people or something. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's a really wonderful way of, of, of bringing people together. And you know what, where there was... And I, I don't know if this happens at every hall, but certainly the ones, the concerts that I've been to that Jamie's put on, Jamie will get up and he'll have a little talk to the audience about the artist um, yeah, yeah. Or, or the artists that are that He's are a real champion of it all. Yeah, yeah, he'll tell a bit about their history, how they how he managed to get them into Hawke's Bay and, and you know how the tour might be going so far. Um, but then before the artist comes on, he'll get someone... Usually there's someone from the local community in the room 
that um, he'll invite up to this up on the stage, or they might just want to stand up in their seat to tell them about the history of the hall. Mm. You know, and there are some really cool stories about yeah. how that building came to be when it was built, or when it, you know, it might have been transported there from a farm or from a different place or whatever. So you feel like you get the story of the musicians, you get the story of um, the building that you're in, and then it's like all on. And then of course, you know, there's like. There's the guy cooking paella outside. Yeah, There's yeah. a little bar, this cute little bar that you can buy a glass of great wine and. Um, all no, it's all a great stuff. production. Yeah, he's so and good. the sound is always excellent. Like the he sound is he, good. he just knows what he's doing. Yeah. So, but it was great because he also told us about a couple of you know emergency issues that have happened. Because mm. I love that. I love the um, the almost fails. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. stories which are which are great. But. Um, this was so nice. So it really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, I hope guys. now that uh, I sat down with him, you know, he's somebody who I have a feeling will come back on, not only because of his great radio voice, oh, but because I him. have a feeling he's going to be introducing us to a new artist or even mm. a big artist coming through at some stage. And I actually have an idea I want to talk to him about, which I haven't even mentioned to you. And maybe by the time this comes out, we'll have a little, little more come to fruition a little more mm. i'm supposed to meet with him soon um and uh yeah so oh. jamie mcphail you know here we go cheers so i've had a listen to a couple of the podcasts well done yeah. listen to andy last night He's uh, quite the character, huh? He is, yeah. yeah. Known Andy for a long time. Just, yeah. A gem. He's a gem. Yeah. He's a total. They make sure me because I oh. bloody love Gilly too. Oh. Yeah. 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 He's just gold, and um, you know, I think this is not a perfect sound environment. You know, our mics are a little bit scratchy. The chairs can be a little bit wobbly. And we still really don't know what we're doing. Sure. So it's not Do any of us about polished anything, really? in any way, but it's, I'm really enjoying it. Are people know. listening? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and we're getting some really nice comments, and I think it's... Um, it's only really just It's really only really just started, yeah. you know? It's yeah. only been a few weeks, so... Um, and are you going to do it weekly? Yeah. We're going to build up and then yeah. you know, we'll take time off, but as much yeah. as we can. Build know. up yeah. a few. Conan Moccasin would be good. Yes, um, Brimmer was saying yeah. um, that um, Conan would be great. He was going to talk to Conan because Conan's doing the soundtrack to Richard's documentary that he's okay. producing. And he was going Actually to talk to him for, this week. asked for Conan and Hiromi, Actually, his wife. that's a good idea. Yeah. First ever Asian playboy playmate yeah, of the month. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Have some stories to tell because and Conan went to high school with my younger sister, and they used oh, to really? tear around Hamwana, um, you know, the yeah, little yeah. arty, arty Isaac McCormick, crazy and kids, Conan, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, there's a little, and she was like, He's gonna, I think he's gonna be quite famous one day. <laughs> I, I really do think, I'm like, Fuck no, your mates are fucking losers. <laughs> 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 And then, of course, you know, her best mate's Freeman White, of course, who has right, a yeah, yeah, gorgeous yeah. painter, and, you know, Conan's huge now, and I, you know, yeah. little did I know. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, we're right, we're on, are we? We're on. Okay. I we'll just, just get going and okay. you know, check, Easy. The, check the levels and all yeah. that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I must say, you have uh, quite the almost baritone sort of microphone voice. It sounds great, man. But I've heard you public speak many times. You know, and I've been... I've been told often I should be on radio, but I think it would be the midnight to dawn shift, yeah. right? <laughs> Put people to sleep nicely. Yeah. yeah. That's the, what, like... are they, what are they called? They call it the quiet storm, which is kind of what we have outside tonight. But there used to be these late night radio, you know, they come on and play like the real quiet. So we're just going to ease into the evening, you know. You're, we know you're restless tonight. We're going to play some soft sounds for you. I could see you. There you go. If, if winemaking doesn't work out for you, yeah, there's yeah. bound to be a job in radio. Well, what do you think I'm trying here? <laughs> my, Jamie, my dad. So we're talking to Jamie McPhail um, because, again, Dan, you didn't introduce him when you uh, first sorry, started. People um, will see his name will be on. But this is true. Thing. This is true. So Jamie McPhail from Small Hall Sessions fame and um, long career 
in the uh, in the music industry. Behind it, yeah, no, no. Let, um, make sure Jamie leaves his on because if his cell phone rings while we're recording, it's a dozen beers. Oh, <laughs> that's the rule. I thought you were going to say it was some cool musician. It's probably on a vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to say that um, the my, speaking of radio, being on radio, my father used to always say, "Joe, you know, you've got a great face for radio, girl." <laughs> and I used to, when I was really young, I'd be like, "Oh, thanks, Dad." Yeah, that's that's cool. really complimentary. Kind of cool. And then as, the, as I got older, I was like, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Not Good sense fun. of humor, it sounds like. <laughs> Reminds me also of that, um, there was a comedy skit where, uh, and I think it might have been the Catherine Tate show, where mm. she would listen to the highlight of her day when she'd slip into bed. And she lived on her own. She's like the spinster, and she'd snip into, slip into bed, switch on the radio, and there was this man with very deep, dulcet tones that would read the shipping news (laughs) you know and talk about you know such and such a you know tug was you know towing in the freighter giuseppe for me slightly similar but it was in the mornings (laughs) on national radio way way back they used to do the and it was a BBC voice doing it doing the football results and naming all the English football teams and the weekend results. And I have no interest whatsoever in football. But I used to love, as a child, yeah. listening to this BBC voice read the Tottenham Hotspurs for... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, you are a fascinating person, Jamie. And um, I feel like I've known you for years and years and years and years. But I really... Like, it's because it's you're always around. You know, you're always... You know, you're on... Facebook a lot, you're associated with lots of gigs and events and things and you know I just I feel like one of you know I feel like a friend through osmosis but not really I just show up at some of your gigs and and um, and it's all and you always you always greet everyone with this big smile and a g'day and a, you know and everyone says oh can I help with anything Jamie and you're like no nah, it's all good we're sweet you know, grab a seat grab a pie grab a beer you know and and I love that about you. It's you're you're Thank quite. You. Um, you it's know. all a facade. Of it's, course. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different to a lot of music promoters that, that I've dealt with in my life. But yeah, um, and I, I mean, it's, I keep getting called a promoter, and I don't see myself as a promoter. It's such a okay. you know, I see promoters as you know, Brett Eccles and these right. big sort of almost foreign people mm, that mm. are kind of legendary, and I just kind of facilitate. I make things happen, and don't see myself as a promoter at all. Other than constant risk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Constant risk. Yeah. So with risk in mind, what possessed you, you know, back in how many years ago that you thought, um, do you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a whole bunch of, of New Zealand artists and to see if they would come and play some little little halls mm. in the in the um, in the regions. what, what how, so, what, when, why? So I'd been, I think we just passed our 10th anniversary in June of this thing called the Sitting Room Sessions. Yeah. Sitting Room Sessions, And yeah. I hit 50, mm. and I found I'd always, throughout my life, live music's been the thing for me. I'm not a musician, I'm not even terribly musical, but sitting down and hearing somebody sing a song to me is the ultimate experience for me and I found that I because I was traveling to Auckland and Wellington and all sorts of places to hear artists and I was finding that more and more I was sitting there getting angry rather than having an amazing time how come I was getting angry because people talked oh yes I hate that yeah and I mean you're sitting there listening to somebody fabulous who's got extraordinarily meaningful lyrics and you've got a group of people who are close by and they're chatting. And it just, I really realized that I was not, you know, I was spending money on going to these shows and I was spending money to get angry. Mm. And I thought, this is crazy. And in the States at that time, there had been a growing movement of two things. A thing they called listening rooms, which were bars, Mm -hmm. where they would shut the bar specifically while the artist was performing um, so that you could go along and sit and listen. And I wasn't really aware of that happening here but also the house concert movement was growing um, and it had been really active back in the 70s right um, especially with the sort of folk 
movement um, that people would host things in their house. And so I decided I'd give the house concert idea a go. And so I, there was an artist visiting Hawke's Bay who'd got some recent publicity called Sam R.B. As yes. I said, this is 11 years ago mm-hmm. now. Um, she'd just written a song that had been chosen by the New Zealand Olympic team as their sort of anthem. Um, and she that was coming cool. down to play at the sports awards. Right. And she had a fascinating backstory about mental health issues and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that'd be a great place to start. So through good old Facebook, I contacted her. And she said, wow, never thought of it. Love the idea. I'll check if it's okay. And said, yes, it worked. And the sports awards people were happy for her to do another show while she was here. So I said, well, it's not really a show. It's just I'm going to invite some friends and we'll be in my sitting room. Um, And we got closer and closer to the date and I'd promoted it and I'd sold it out. And people loved the idea. And I think it was 20 bucks a head. I can't remember. Um, But just to pay to her. Yeah. And... She rang and said, Jamie, I'm really nervous about this gig. Would you mind if I brought a sort of support person along? And I said, oh, God, Sam, absolutely. Bring whoever you like. You know, I'll feed you. And, yeah. Um, Could even be said, a support oh, animal or something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You could bring a support anything, a teddy bear. Yeah. And she said, right, oh, that's so cool. Look, I've asked my friend already and he's really happy to come. He might even play a song or two with me. And I said, oh, that's really lovely. That'll be neat. And she said, it's Mike Chun. And Mike Chun for... Dan, Dan may not know. Is, was one of the founding members of Split Ends, um, which was kind of New Zealand's first sure, ever sure. international breakthrough band. And Mike has worked in incredibly positive ways in the music industry mm. for a very long time and is of iconic status. Yeah. Yeah. So suddenly for my first sitting room session, I had Mike Chun playing in my sitting room with oh Sam R.B. Um, Heart flutters. It was. It was amazing. Um, Welcome to the show. You know? Yeah. It's like, here yeah, we go. Yeah. You know? And it kind of almost instantly gained some momentum and some kind of status. And the second act we had, I'd approached because I'd heard their very first album, which had just come out, and I really loved them, and that was Tiny Ruins. Yes, Tiny Ruins. Oh, and again, goodness, they said, them. God, weird idea, but if you're going to pay us, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, the, and then the third one, which kind of set the whole thing onto a crazy level, was that a group from the States that I really loved were doing three shows in New Zealand. They were doing Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch. They were called The Handsome Family oh, yes. out of New Mexico. Mm. Um, and I saw that they had a four or five night gap between Auckland and Wellington. So I went online and found their website and sent them a email and said, look, this might be a really crazy idea. But um, I'm doing these little house concerts. I see you've got four or five days. As a sort of a bit of a carrot for you, my family's got a beach house out at a little isolated spot in Hawke's Bay called Mangakuri Beach. And I've always found it's the one place on the planet that really feeds my soul. And you'd be very welcome to stay there for a few nights. And like 30 seconds after pressing (laughs) send, I got this reply saying, you got me at Feeds Your Soul. Oh, We're just going to have done a three-week crazy tour of Australia. And they're going to need it. We're going to be really tired. Um, love the idea. And if we have to do a bloody house concert. To, yeah. Um, and so suddenly I had this, my third house concert was this band of international repute. Wow. Um, so which house is this at? At that point I was living in a fabulous old villa on Brewster Street in Napier. Napier. Okay. Um, I've been a renter for a long time. Yeah. I, um I went bust with a landscaping business about 15 years ago, so I've been a renter ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, lost my foot on the rung and the ladder of property then. Um, and renting has its challenges. You know, mm. I've probably moved five times since we started. Yeah. Wow, that's, um, a, that's a um, big... Oh, so you know, disruptive. It's awful. Disruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not a terribly good tenant, but... Um, <laughs> Well, you don't mow the lawns every weekend. Don't mow the lawns every weekend. <laughs> don't, no, don't no. prune your roses properly. Um, anyway, so that that started that. I did those for around ten years, and then COVID struck. Well, it was probably less than that, eight years or something. Yeah. COVID struck, um, and Jacinda was really big on. Look, it's going to be a changed world, mm. and community is going to be of extraordinary importance, and we should all be doing our part. And I got to really thinking about that. And I was brought up in rural Hawke's Bay, central Hawke's Bay, like you. I was yep. Pukehoe area. Yep. Um, 
and the little Pukiho Hall, Lovely. which Lovely. fell into such disuse that That's it right. was sold and became yeah. the Paper Mulberry, fantastic cafe. Yep. Um, but when I was a kid in the 60s, that was truly the hub of the community. You know, it had constant meetings, it had the school fancy dress ball, yeah. it had its own little theatre group called the Pukiho Players. Um, same as, same as you know, Takapo, where yeah. I'm from. Exactly the same well, thing. We had the local kindy there, yeah. there'd be folk dancing, there'd be parties, there'd They be must have expected Takapo to be really big. It, w- well, it used to be. Back in the day, it was. is the biggest hall we visit. It's crazy, Seats, eh? 280 people. Yeah. Yeah, magnificent hall. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought, Pukiho, well, yeah. there must be this way of combining what I'm doing with the small halls of Hawke's Bay. And... The thing that I've learnt from working with artists is that one of the things they love most of all, two of the things they love most of all, I provide. And one of those is a listening audience, people that will shut up and listen. And the second one is a new audience to them. Um, Because it's really easy to be reaching your core audience constantly, but to be reaching new audiences, Mm. I mean, it's, it's good for business, but it also... Musicians love somebody saying, I've never heard you before. That was amazing. I love you. Um, and so I realized that, you know, there was, there was this thing of perhaps meeting a community need, um, providing new audience for musicians, using these gorgeous little heritage buildings, um, and doing something that I'm passionate about. So what was the first one? Like, what was the first small hall artist the first and was it at Pukiho? Oh no, it, it was Pukiho oh, Church. Was it? We oh, used. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is of huge significance to me, but I won't go into that. Um, but we, I've worked with Delaney Davidson for a long time Amazing. on different projects. Incredible artist, and so I asked him to be my first artist, and he was just in the process of recording an album with Barry Saunders, right. lead singer of the Waratahs, and so Delaney said, "How about Barry and I do it." Um, so I can't actually remember the halls that we did on that first one. We, the first night was Pukio Church. Um, I know that we did go to Omakari. We played at Hamoana. Did you do King George and Onga Onga at all with that one? King George's Bayview. Oh, King George's the Onga Bayview. Onga Hall, another beautiful yeah. hall. Those two, you know, I mean, such oh, amazing building. And we'll be right back. How do everyone? My name's Yvonne Lawkin and I'm the co-founder and chief tasting officer of winefringe.co.nz, the best wine subscription service in all the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find delicious wines that we match to your individual taste buds. We do, by science. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Essentially, we match wine to people. Now, we know you want to try new wines, we know you're curious, but we also know that it's really hard to break free from those boring, same old, same olds from the supermarket. So we take the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines, because if I know how your taste buds work, then you can trust me to go and find those wines for you. And it's super easy to do. So go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to fill out our fun questionnaire that helps me understand how you taste wine, choose a plan that suits your budget, choose your combo of red and whites, choose your delivery frequency, pop in your payment and delivery details, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. And... If you use the word Yvonne as your promo code, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, then you'll automatically receive an insanely excellent 24% off your first subscription case. Yes! So the plans are flexible, you're not locked into anything, you can buy more of the wines you love with a simple click or tap and become a wine friend. We'll all live happily ever after. Cheers! Okay, let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm. Can I back up a second and talk about Delaney for a second? Sure. Because, uh, you know, being an immigrant here and, you know, trying to go out and watch shows, I come from a, like a music background, kind of like Yvonne does, where I used to work with bands and stuff back in, in New York and Philly. And he's got, I mean, just to cut to it, he's got that thing as soon as he, he starts playing. I can't take my eyes off mm. him. I don't know what, you know. Huge and he, presence. And he's got such mm. a presence, that guy. I first heard his music, I think, on television now, both on that. Uh, was he on? Broken Wood Mysteries. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah, in the yeah, day before my yeah. daughter was born. I'd be like, oh, it's on TV, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Tammy Nelson was on that, too, yep. I think. Yeah. But, uh, oh, who's this? Google him, find him out, you know. And and, uh, and then I finally got to see him live 
and I just can't take my eye off that yeah. guy when he starts singing. Even when he's not singing and he's just in the background playing guitar, yeah. you know, your eye just goes to him every <laughs> yeah. time. He's just the incredible artist that way, you know. And I don't what what that thing is. I have no idea, but you I know, you you, you have a few of those artists yeah. through over the years. You know what I mean? Some very lots of lots of talented ones, but um, I'm guessing you know Reb and a few people like that mm. are just people you just go whoa. You know, mm. you just gotta watch every you know, absolutely. You and I think it's drop. the originality thing. It's yeah, like they yeah. are. They are each unique, yeah. and they are happy to use their personalities mm. in a slightly magnified way, totally, so that you are seeing them. Yeah. But there's also that kind of vessel thing too, where the songwriting just—you know—you talk to good songwriters, and they go, "I'm just a vessel," you know. I, Absolutely. It's, it's, I'm a, you know, I'm a. Yeah, a it flows right through me. me. You know, it's and, coming from somewhere and else. There's like an almost an acceptance to that of just like I'm this personality and this thing, and it's just I'm laying it out there for you guys to. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's kind of a confidence thing, but it's like you know, some people call it like star quality or whatever it is. Yeah. But you know, it's there's a lot of names for that but it's like man magnet magnetism all that kind of stuff yeah. he's got it man it's like every time i yeah. see that guy i'm like what's up yeah. I, know, yeah I remember seeing him many many years ago um in littleton yep and uh you know his hometown littleton yeah. and then uh he and his band i think reb was reb fountain was in the was playing with him at the time um, at a pub called Pomeroy's in Christchurch where they'd okay. have these Sunday roasts okay. at lunchtime. And yeah. it was a real family-friendly thing. That's and they'd cool. have this band in the corner <laughs> and, you know, all the mums and dads and we took our kids there because we had to live, we were living in Christchurch for a couple of years. This is around the earthquake years, so okay. 2011, yeah, yeah. 2014. And, um, yeah, and there'd be this amazing band just roaring in the corner and everyone else is sitting there with their pork roast. <laughs> 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 Eating their carrots, and I'm lunch. sitting there going, "Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, what yeah. the sound that is coming from the corner of this room? Yeah. Everyone else is just nah, 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 eating their roast." And I'm I mean, just that, like in awe. That was a fascinating time for New Zealand music. I mean, what was coming out of Littleton mm. for a period there was just so exciting and extraordinary. Delaney and Aldous Harding. Aldous, um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Reb was from there at mm. that time. Mm. We were Christchurch, not Littleton. Adam McGrath. Um, yeah, it was it was it was our the two thousands equivalent equivalent of the Dunedin. That's true. The Dunedin flying nun sound, kind of sound. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Mm. That was brilliant. And um, you know, just thinking about who you've had since since then, um, and and there's been like there's like a smorgasbord of stars. But I mean, the ones that have sort of stood out for me. I mean, of course, there's Reb Fountain. Uh, Amanda Palmer, I think, played <laughs> when she was living in Hawke's Bay. You had Amanda yeah, yeah. Palmer of the Dresden Dolls doing gigs here, and oh, that wow. was amazing. Tammy Nielsen, of course, and um, um, Julia Deans. Yep. She's, you know, incredible. Uh, Tikahu, yeah, Pia, and yeah. Arahi. Yep. Saw them at the Whakatū Hall, just oh, outside yes. of Hastings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. great gig. I'm yeah. Arahi family. Arahi, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah. He's extraordinary. Um, who else? Of course, you've got um, Conan Moxon and... Haven't uh, had him Oh, yet. he's coming, Still working he? on Oh, no, Still Lawrence Arabia. Sorry. Lawrence Arabia, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now, right. I went to one of your real early shows... Uh, and it's probably the first time I met you because there was 25 people there or something. Okay. It was we, in, still, we still get a yeah. few of them. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was in the house. Okay. In Bayview. Oh, right, at right Crab near, Farm. Near, near, right, that yeah, house yeah. next to Crab Farm. Yeah. And this is before my daughter was born, so it had to be nine, ten years ago. Mm. And me and Mata, my wife, went at the time, my girlfriend. And, oh, let's check this out. This seems cool. I heard through somebody, somebody, and we went. And it was like... You know, somebody's kitchen, there was some wine out and a couple of cheese and crackers. And, that's cool. and then we all tucked into this little room. Now, I can't remember some of the other artists, but they were all really great, super authentic. They were kind of doing this like old timey music. And oh, well, like that been, yeah, yeah. or something. Now, everything was pretty normal, but then I was blown away by Archer that, that isn't guy he amazing I it adore Archer Australian you, you explain uh, Archer because I don't even know Mara lived in Australia for a while so she sort of got it and where his yep. background is more yeah. than I did because I didn't even know this sort of existed out right. of Australia yeah um, but he is from another world that guy totally you know totally uh, so how do you explain Archer I mean it's pure folk music okay um, he's he really relates to the kind of Appalachian 
sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a bluegrassness to it, but without anything being close to a banjo. Um, although on that tour, we had a couple of banjos as well. Um, and he, it's absolutely as if he is channeling something from it's the mid 19th century. Really? Or it's, yeah, talk about a vessel. Like, I thought, yeah. So, not the starts... Gillian Welch and no, uh, things no, like no, quite no. Nothing groovy and nothing urban, groovy really, and about urban. it. Okay. No, no. I mean, I don't, he doesn't sound the music like Johnny Cash, but he definitely has that dark, uh, mm. deep voice. But he starts singing and you feel like you're in a coal mine a hundred years ago. Wow. It's nuts. Mm. And it's like when he was performing, it was like a pin could drop in the room and everybody's like, you're on the edge of your seat, you know, with this guy. He's got this fascinating thing. I've never seen anyone do it quite the same way where he holds his guitar quite high and he rests his head in the curve of the guitar and sings into the microphone for quite a few songs. And he's just, yeah, he's, he's a mesmerizing artist. Yeah, you can find, I mean, I haven't looked in a while, but I did find a few things online of his. If, yeah. if anybody's listening, this guy is fascinating. You know? I'm going to look him up. Yeah, I'm no, he is. He's riveting. And his videos and things that. are always quirky and offbeat. Yes. And, yeah, yes. wonderful. But of course, with that show as well, was, was the only time I've had Aldous Harding through, mm. who went on to huge fame. She was playing with... I'm just trying to remember what they were called. Mm. There um, was like a violin and, and uh, I think, I don't know, yeah, a, so it was, a fiddle or something. Yeah, and, yeah. There were Flora, um, Flora Knight, um, Jess Shanks, Ben Woolley, Archer, and Hannah Harding. That's Aldous a great Harding. memory, you know. That's, yeah. That, was, that has to be 10, 12 years The ago. Lonesome Pines, I the think. The Lonesome they, Pines. I think they called themselves, which is a Hank Williams song. Mm. But just um, great that you could... Rec- I know, recognize that and bring that through Hawks Bay and I can remember thinking you know what my first few years I was in Hawks Bay I was at EIT and thinking like why don't more artists come here through here mm. on their way from Auckland to Wellington it'd be like uh, you know because like I said I used to manage bands like this would be a perfect little side jaunt mm. you know yeah, even it's if tricky you don't make, though if you don't make too much you know you make a few hundred bucks it'd be worth staying you know pay for mm. your gas at least to get up to Auckland or down to Wellington yeah. or whatever but Thankfully, you're pulling it off. Yeah. You know? Well, and, you know, two doors along the common room and yep. Paisley yep. Stage and the Cabana, you know, they're all doing an amazing job of presenting live music. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a tough gig. Oh, I yeah. know that. Yeah. 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 And it's getting tougher at the moment. You know, people are kind of really kind of pulling in with the with the old disposable income and Absolutely. that kind of thing. It's, but I think, I, I think we're turning a corner. I think it'll happen. I think, you know, a couple of months' time, February, March is going to hit, and I think there's going to be a bit... I think it's going to be better. Please, please, please. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know. Through challenges, you know, you yeah. get creative, and I, I think that's what we need to keep mm. doing is keep coming up with different and new things and affordable things mm. and things, you know, and, and adjust to it, yeah. our, you know, as sort of uh, content providers, is that the right yeah, yeah, whether yeah, it's yeah. wine or music or Absolutely. whatever it is. You know? And I mean, you know, times are, times are definitely tough. And I also think there's a, I don't know, it, it feels like art is not being given its true place in some way. I don't People know. People aren't I, seeing the value. They're not, no, being, they're not seeing no. the value in art. I yeah. know, I know. But what is the other point of life, actually? You know what I mean? Well, but plenty then, of people you know, don't see yeah. you know, that, yeah. that. To not enjoy yourself. Or, I mean, okay, I can understand maybe music is not, or certain, certainly certain music isn't for everybody, but just the idea of going out, being with friends, enjoying something together. Yeah. What else, you know, what do you work for? I don't understand, yeah. you know? Couldn't but, agree more. And, it is, you know, it is that thing of, and what I love about what I am doing is that thing of bringing bringing people together yeah. with a with good glue yeah. you know? yeah. um, but, and you can be at the small sessions you know the it's not even if you're even if you're an introvert right and mm. a lot of us are you know a lot of people are you know oh, we they love are. Me- i wouldn't yeah. say you no, are. hey, hey I, do you know what i you know for as much as i kind of go out there and just go yeah you know i can i'll host events and i'll do things actually i do like i you know 
I like my little house, and I, I tend to hermit a little bit sometimes. I, I, I know. I'm sure but there's a, a what, yin and a yang. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a yin and a yang. But I guess what I'm trying to say about what Jamie, what, what I think you provide, Jamie, is that even if you are slightly introverted, you're not necessarily a person that that is keen to you know jump in a van or in a plane, go up to Mount Smart or go to the right, big day sure. out or yeah, go yeah. to a massive concert or go yep. to the Mission Vineyards concert yep. or Church Ride, whatever, you know, but you still love music and you still yeah. love performance. You know, you can pay whatever it is, um, the tickets, I forget what they are, but they're not ex- not not hugely expensive to come to a small hall session. You just go there, you can find yourself a little seat. You can be there by yourself or just with one or two friends. It's, you know, you absorb the performance. Yep. You're not expected to be part of a whoa, whoa crowd. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. there's no mosh pit. There's no, do you know what I mean? It's, you yeah, don't it have definitely to hasn't got a sort of being cool vibe no, either. It's, no, no, uh, you can just sit in the back of the room yeah. and just kind of absorb it like let it just yep. osmos through you and then you can jump in your car and toodle off home and it's yeah. all just lovely that yeah. said you can if you follow jamie and and follow along with his shows you can find either somebody who's completely undiscovered yet or brand new and kept some, which you, we've just yeah. talked about or you might be able to see somebody like delaney who a lot of people know mm. in a really intimate setting mm. And because, you know, you're on your mailing list, basically. Yeah. And, and you can hop on these shows. So um, those are really unique, yeah. affordable but can well, opportunities. The affordability thing's a big one, but maybe yeah. we can talk about that later. I have a, re- I have a question, though. Sure. So when you first started organizing um, these events, and, you know, being from a tiny community like Takapo myself, mm-hmm. and um, knowing the kind of people that look after the that are responsible for the yep. town halls, you yep. know, the people that you yep. know do the maintenance and they look after the key yep. to the door and the mowing the lawns out the front and all that kind of stuff, um, making sure there's biscuits in the tin and the kitchenette and things. Was it hard to convince some of these um, groups or people to allow you to use their halls for these events, you know? Did it take a bit of convincing? I think maybe my voice helped in that circumstance, you know. Um, it is a beautiful voice, That initial approach to them by phone and explaining what I was doing. Um, a few people said, we'll have to go and talk to the committee. Yes. Um, but mostly people were sceptical but relatively enthusiastic. Right. So, you know, um, and at the diversity of the halls and the hall committees is fascinating <laughs> and I mean some of them have gone, kind of got one person that's been doing the job for 30 years yep. there's no committee they hold the key they you know that's every it. yep yep um, others have really active Marakakaho Hall for instance has an amazingly active committee um Several of them, really dynamic committees doing amazing stuff, and they are so enthusiastic about the small halls because it's pushing exactly what they are choosing to be on the committee for. Yeah. You know, yeah, to yeah, make yeah. this a community facility that is a that is a hub. And gosh, we saw the incredible use of them this year with the cyclone, um, and quite a few of them have received really significant, like hundred thousand dollar funding yeah. as a result of their use during the cycle. Yeah, absolutely, and um, deserved. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, so they were literally housing people? and yeah, Not so much. I don't know that many of them were housing, but certainly civil defence and, yeah. you know, up in Kereru, they were flying kind of in uh, supplies to the little Kereru yeah. Hall and the school. Hartoka, um, all those areas. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and so they, they became emergency hubs, really. The King George and Bayview for the whole of Eskdale, that was really significant. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why they're there, really. At it the is. End of the day, Absolutely. You know, going, why they were built in the first place, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah, it's a community centre. You know? My dad arrived in Hawke's Bay, it's weird to think, 100 years ago. Yeah. My dad moved to Hawke's Bay as a young man and was working on farms, and he was working on quite isolated farms. Where was he from? Where did he come Scotland. from? Scotland. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, McPhail. Yeah, <laughs> um, But he talked about, he had an old Indian motorcycle. And he used to ride that motorcycle on gravel roads for a couple of hours most weekend nights to go to balls and dances in the community halls of Hawke's Bay. Um, and they were a big deal. They were a really big deal. <laughs> Not quite, but that's a whole different story. Um, but, you know, a lot of them were black tie. 
and you would go to black tie balls in the Omakari Hall. On an know, Indian um, motorcycle. On an Indian <laughs> with so cool. yeah. dungarees or overalls, zip up overalls over the top of his. Nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And again, I, I would love to see them being used more because they are. People are really proud of their halls. Yeah, sure. Um, and most nights I say to people, how many of you relate to this as your hall? You know, and there'll be three or four that instantly put their yeah. hand up proudly and then others will kind of think about it and think, well, I guess it is mine. And, yeah. you know, you'll get 10 or 12 or whatever out of Ashley Clinton, yeah. which is in, well, you know. I know Ashley Clinton, yep, not yep. far from Takapau. Not far from Takapau. We, nearly every time we go there, it's 100% locals. It's about the only hall where, for some reason, the locals really support it. Yep. Um, and... When you ask that question, every hand in the room goes up that they, they are locals. Um, but of course, when you're at Hamoana or the King George and Bayview, yeah, it's... Or Waimarama. Yeah. Those, yeah, um, yeah. The first one I ever went to was down in uh, Paikakariki. It was an amazing... Oh, place. right. They, yeah, they, great they, hall down there. They do some great indie acts. This is, again, a long time ago. Uh, still wife, still doing it. Yep. Still Ebony doing. Lamb played there very recently. Um, I do see Ebony's it on the, on the concert lists. Yeah. yeah. Tour, tour lists and stuff. Uh, beautiful little community down there too. Yeah, and that, they definitely feel like it's their hall. Yeah. And there are probably only three or four halls like that around the country that have got reputations as being, you know, the committee are really good at promoting to the local community. So bands do regularly go they to just them. Did a huge investment into it too. Oh, really? Yeah, they've upgraded the floor and all. Okay. That. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that's. Again, it's uh, it's worth doing and worth having, and you know it's great for the community. It's yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> and we will be right back. Hey, folks! I'm telling you about the latest things going on with Decibel Wines. We've got a new video up uh, on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube page, which is of course under Decibel Wines, and check out this beautiful new video we started shooting during last harvest. We in the vineyard and the winery. Uh, we even took a trip back to Philadelphia to meet some of the folks in my roots, including my brother Jamie, which is really cool. Uh, and it's all directed, edited, and uh, filmed by videographer Michael Farr, who did a phenomenal job of it. And all the music is done by Adahi, uh, our secret weapon in this little project. So we're really excited to get this up. Go check it out. Give it a like. Give it a share. And then, of course, uh, visit us online, decibelwines.com. You can find all our wines up there, including all the decibel wines, our kind of reserve testify wines, and all the new Junta series wines, including the new Albarino, which everybody's excited about. Check that out. And be sure and use the promo code PODCAST, all caps, when you check out for 15% off. Uh, and of course, come visit us here in Hastings, in the corner of Haratonga and Warren Street, right in the heart of the East Block where all the action is, all the great restaurants, uh, cafes, and things to check out. Uh, visit us here, decibelwines.com, and here in downtown Hastings, book in for a tasting, or just rock up. We'll probably find a seat for you. Cheers! And now back to the show. Yeah. What's the most... Um like we're in Central Hastings recording this right now. Absolutely. Um, where's the most remote hall in Hawke's Bay? The, the one that takes the longest to get to, the one that's maybe got the trickiest drive, the, the most remote place that you've had a concert in? We haven't been there yet. We tried to book for this amazing band, Jenny Don't and the Spurs, who were mm -hmm. visiting from Portland. Um, I tried to book the Pukatitri Hall. I think that's probably the most remote. Yeah. Partoka feels like quite a long way yeah, it's away. It's an hour out almost. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least an hour. Yeah. Um, so, and we haven't got there yet. Um, Prongho, you know, from yeah. here is pretty remote. That's yeah. an hour and a half almost. Um, Tipahui, although we're so familiar with it being on the road to Taupo, um, but the Tipahui Hall... It's a bit of a grind a to get to, especially post-cyclone. It's yeah. been a bit of a grind to get huh. to. Um, smallest hall and cutest hall by a country mile is, um, and I always get my P 
place is slightly confused. It's, um, God, now I have lost it completely. Um, Just south of here. Um, no, gonna Pokawa. Pokawa. I was gonna yeah. say more. <laughs> wow, <laughs> no. that's a good name, though. Is there such a place? Yes, there is. Pokawa They've got a great little school, and a, yeah, I'll hook you up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that on the Make Me Tie Happy Road? No, it's um. Oh God, now you now I'm having a brain fade. <laughs> no, further south. Okay. Um, uh, oh we we'll have to. We'll Google Map yeah, it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> No, so Pokawa. We got Pokawa, there in the end. Pokawa. Yes. It's only a 40-seater. Um, that's the maximum we're allowed in there, including wow. musicians, I think. Um, it was built in the mid-19th century as a church on a farm and fell into a bit of disuse. And early in the 20th century, the railway line went through there. And so the Pokawa residents decided that they would move the church to beside the railway line and put a platform on it and they would have a railway station. Oh, so the okay. church became a railway yep. station. Multitasking yep. on the whole front. Um, nice. And so I'm not quite sure what trains would have stopped there for, passengers and freight and all sorts of things, I guess. Um, and then the train stopped stopping and it started to fall into disuse. And so the locals, I think in the 1950s, got together and one farmer donated a bit of land and they moved it couple of hundred metres away from the railway line to be the community hall. Hmm. Um, and it's just the most beautiful little building. Um, I want to go uh, there now. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. to go and check it out. We've had, we've had a few very special sessions in there. We had Nadia Reed in there the other day. Oh, Nadia Reed, um, that's yeah, the other that artist was, I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, she was just extraordinary with a beautiful little trio. I don't know why I have the uh, guitar solo from November Rain from... Guns and Roses in my head when he's out at that church in the middle of Slash. It is like that There's little church. See if, we can, yeah. see if we can hook me up with him. We'll get yeah, we'll to play the Pokal Hall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. Do you know, Nadia, Nadia's incredible. But, um, many years ago, I used to host a, um, a wine show called Thirsty Work on TV. It was on Food TV and on TV3. And um, our soundie, um, a guy called Craig, great sound recordist, mm-hmm. very, very experienced, like, you know, incredible... Um, Soundy, and he kept saying to us while we were on our shoots, he's like, "Oh, you know, my daughter Nadia, she's she's doing really well. She's you know she's getting a few gigs now. I think wow. I think she's gonna, I think she might take off. You know, she's getting you know, people really kind yep. of warming to her, and I, and I think she's got something. And lo, she does her, become his, her name Nadia was Reed. Reed, right? And yeah, yeah, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh. And just flew off yesterday to live in the United Kingdom. Which right? is that right? Oh, yeah. good luck to her. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. She's got an amazing following in Europe and the UK. Wow. Um, and has started her own record label these days. So oh. Anthony Tonnen's on it. Emily Lamb's latest album is on her label. Anthony um, Tonnen's great. Is he it, is. Has he played yeah. the small halls? He's never done the small halls. We had him for a sitting room session. Ah, okay. Um, and he did his... Basically, his rail, he'd just released Rail Land, which was an amazing um, album. And, and you know why it's called Rail Land? Well, you know, well, you know he's talking to you about it. His passion with railways. He just is for a musician, like this is the crazy thing, eh, Jamie? You find these things out about a person. Absolutely. He's an incredible musician, artist, and, and poet, and, but he, is this, he has this encyclopedic knowledge of New Zealand's train system, and not yeah. just the trains, of New Zealand's public transport system such Absolutely. as it is. Um, he is he's and is such a huge advocate for public yeah. transport. Yeah. And he's also the custodian of, and you can probably remember the name of it, that elevator in Whanganui. Yes. That goes up the side of a cliff, basically. Yeah. He's the custodian of that. Wow. He lives in Whanganui. He does. Um, time to get a train it's one of the best things about Hawks Bay to Gisborne. Hawks Bay to Gisborne. Even uh, Hawks Bay to Wellington. I know. I, know. Uh, I want to back up a second because I just had a sort of inside the music question you might be able to help with because I'm way out of the loop for 20 years. What nowadays would it mean, maybe you don't know this, uh, to have a record label rate these days? Like, mm, Good you question. Know, uh, you know, uh, obviously the dynamics have changed. There's Spotify. There's you know, how you record, mm. all that kind of stuff. What I mean, You probably don't know all the ins and outs of, say, Nadia's situation, but what have you seen as far as independent labels these days and things like that? Well, I mean, so many artists are releasing things completely independently because of the, you know, the numerous platforms that they have 
access to the streaming kind of platforms. But as I understand it, um, with the little indie labels, you're really looking at a like-minded collective of artists pooling their resources under one umbrella mm. to allow for distribution, both digital and material, um, to allow for some kind of advocacy legally and in terms of rights, intellectual property and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, often negotiating physical production, like vinyl production has become a really big deal big again. Big again. Mm, um, it's exciting. CD pressing, people are oddly going back to having cassettes made even. Wow. Um, but I think really it is, it's an option an option to being completely independent and I mean the big the big record companies and the kind of deals that were done back in the day and I worked for RCA BMG Areola Arista for two years wow. Wow. which at the time was, was the largest was record company in the world I know yeah, yeah I heard you yeah, say that the other ago. day yeah mm. yeah um, but you know the kind of deals that they offered where they would fund basically everything uh, are so long gone I almost feel like, um, again, I'll go back to maybe Nadia's situation. It sounds like she's friends with a few other artists and they mm. decided to do it. And they reminds me of almost going back to like chess records or something like that, mm. where they were, you know, or somewhere outside of Memphis and they're all, Absolutely. you know, and they grab a few gospel artists and they grab Dwayne Allman and they grab, you know, Boz Skaggs and they, and they, they have a collective of musicians that might all record with different artists and songwriters and yep. singers and things like that and it's probably almost forced these days to do something like that because and you all have to play on each other's albums and everything <laughs> because you're certainly not going to be able to go to pay to go to Auckland or Wellington and get studio musicians and it's the return just might not be there certainly in the short run well a friend and I won't name them because I haven't asked permission to but has just completed recording an album um, and the basic cost of recording the album without any physical production is about $75,000, yeah. you know, and that's, wow. that's not excessive, you know, if yeah. you were, yeah. th that's using one of the great studios in New Zealand, Roundhead yeah. Studio, yeah. Um, and paying a producer to be there producing it, um, and paying every musician so that everybody is paid, but, you know, I mean, it's an extraordinary cost, and, you know, one of my pet hate is streaming and Spotify yeah. um, and I tell people at every gig that we put on that if there's artists merch at the back if you pay $25 for a CD from an artist at a gig um, that's the equivalent of listening to 3,600 songs on Spotify yeah. to the artist yeah. well it's you know, not much so different than my shop here is like, if you want to support a winemaker, go buy it right from their yeah, website. Yeah, buy from the winery. Absolutely. The and yeah, I yeah. think I've, yeah. I've bought vinyl at every small hall gig that I've yep. been to. I've yep. walked away with, with a with a record because um, it feels good. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it blows my mind how, you know, the, how artists... Um, they're not. They they just don't. They're not earning from recording from no. albums anymore. It's all live. Yeah. You know, you have to be prepared to be a live artist almost. You know. And if to, you think about how much it's going to take in generating live ticket sales yeah. to get seventy five grand back in, you know, I mean, it's it's just not. It's no. not there. It's not a business, and it's not viable. So Nadia's got so Nadia's got a label and. Um, I think Benny has now got um, yes. a label as yeah, well, yeah, I think which so. is um, so you know helping new you know yep. new emerging artists and that yep. kind of thing. I think it's very cool. I'm all for uh, people keeping the the money in the same circle and all that kind of stuff. So that's mm. great. Yeah, you know, um, collectives like that and and uh, yeah. So support your your favorite band, buy their stuff. You know what I mean. And that's I'm I'm a big advocate for Bandcamp. Which is yeah. a lot yeah, of people good. don't know Love about Bandcamp, Bandcamp. but um, and during the pandemic, Bandcamp started this thing of Bandcamp Fridays, where every dollar you spend on Bandcamp um, goes directly to the artist. They don't take oh. any commission at all. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, they're That's not cool. they're not doing it constantly, but about once a month, a Bandcamp Friday pops up. Um, and Bandcamp, if you don't know, it, is a streaming 
platform, um, but where you can also buy the merchandise that the artist chooses mm. to list on it. So you can buy shit through it, or you can just listen to the songs there for nothing. But um, always lists the credits, all the songwriters, all the musicians That's, playing on the a album. Few, a little while ago, how annoying, because I was always such a... Yeah, uh, a credit guy, you know. Absolutely, like, and me too. At, who was the engineer on this? And that, yeah. who was that bass player? That oh, that guy was on that other album. Yeah. There must be some connection. And you just—it's like they cut all that out. On and going track. even back a bit further with that, when it was all LPs and the linear, the the notes, you know, the linear notes on the albums, yeah. which they'd I invite still, somebody to write, you know, and you could be reading context yeah. and all the stuff, yeah. which. Yeah, streaming kind of services stopped in the '90s. Really, yeah, we yeah. Seen much yeah. Of it since then, but um, well, hey man, we're at 45 minutes. We are. We've got. Can I just ask one tiny yeah, extra question, really quickly? Um, going back to the the mechanics of actually, you know, yep. doing this the the small hall small hall gigs. Um, have you ever had a situation where you've had everything lined up? You know, the band's on the way. You and your staff are on the way. You've got your um, the little drink stand, the yeah, refreshment yeah. stand, yeah, yeah. which I love, by the way. It's <laughs> so great. It's the cutest thing. Um, everything's set, and then something like the power's cut, or there's been, or suddenly the water's turned off, or the toilets don't work, or the, or someone forgets the key, or, do you know, like something. There are often little glitches like that, but the, the one that meets all of those was we had the amazing Carnivorous Plant Society <laughs> Out at the Maraikakaho Hall, a band I know, ever. and they and Best. one of the most amazing bands, so original. Um, but we had we were sort of two songs into it in the Maraikakaho Hall, and poof, the power went out. Uh, and we looked out the window, and it was like everywhere the power was oh, off. Oh, the whole community. Um, so, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? And Danny Williams, who's a, a friend who lives out that way leapt up and said, look, I'm 10 minutes down the road. I've got a big generator. I'll go and get it. Awesome. He was back 20 minutes later. Carnivorous Plant Society played acoustically. We lit candles and they oh, played acoustically please. for the 20 minutes. Um, Danny turned up. We started his generator and we plugged everything in and we completed the gig. So well, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That's a gig that nobody will ever forget. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> people still, uh, you know, I think that there were probably 50 people in the room and I think 150 people claim credit for yeah. that. <laughs> I, was, I was at that one. Yeah, yeah. So what's next? What's um, what's coming up over, over summer for you? Do, are you going to take a rest or have you got a few events on? Bit of a rest, yep. Um, the family beach house beckons for a chunk of December, Good. early January. Nice. So um, heading out there. So got just one tour left and that starts, started, well, two weeks yesterday. Um, and that's with Barry Saunders, who was on that very yes. first tour. And who's um, he playing with? Jackie Bristow. Great. So kind of pure, beautiful country, Kiwi country music from two incredibly successful artists. And how who can people haven't get done tickets? a lot together. Oh, easiest is just to go to www.smallhallsessions.co.nz one word and then click on the artist's name and it'll take you through and lots and lots and lots of people lined up for next year none of them really confirmed at this stage I've been putting that off get on there and watch the space so excited Jamie it's been a real treat having you here on the potty you know it's like thank you just Dan hates it when I say potty because it sounds like potty (laughs) potty yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was thinking (laughs) we're not yeah um, I want to I want to acknowledge you two on what you're doing. I think this is so cool. I've listened to two of your previous four. I really enjoyed listening to Gilly Lawrence, and I really enjoyed listening to King Andy of Hamwana. Nice. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think what you're doing is is so neat. Well done, both thanks, of you. man. Please Thank spread you. the word. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and actually, uh, if you have a great artist coming through, we'd love to speak to them. I and we're not just speaking to just Talks Bay people. Like we've um, we've got. Um, so people that are passing through the region too uh, cool. and it'd be great to hear their stories Absolute. and you know an outside perspective of Hawks Bay and all that kind of stuff and they're so, always here on a Friday so yeah, exactly. 10am on a Friday morning we can get them in and Perfect. record something well if we know uh, you know what the hits isn't going to put them on the radio or anything so possibly might, not you never yeah. know though uh, no. but Central <laughs> FM Steve well, Wynn Harris down at Central isn't FM isn't Steve is, a treasure he's a real treasure Steve and Wynn he, Harris props to him yeah he cool quite often too. says hey Jamie can we get him into the studio to talk to so yeah cool man oh. alright well cheers thank you 
Thank you. Bye. Okay, ballers, thanks for listening. We are keen as for your comments. Um, And hey, ideas for fantastic folk that could be great for us to interview are always welcome. So contact us by email at baysofourlivesmail at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Bays of Our Lives is biodynamically produced by Daniel Brennan at Decibel Wines and Whole Bunch Pressed by Yvonne Lorcan. Thank you.